In a world that can be challenging and at times unpredictable, it's hard to find moments to focus on what you need. Join Stephanie James on The Spark as she guides you to use your inner flame to ignite your best life. As a best-selling author, psychotherapist, transformational life coach, and international show host, Stephanie is dedicated to helping you create a life that takes you, your goals, and your passions to the next level so you can live a life that is fully lit up and fully alive. She believes that your life is meant to be a beautiful expression of the things that light you up, that by living your dreams, you give permission to others to do the same. Are you ready to feel alive and inspired to fuel your dreams and put a fire behind your desires? Let's ignite a spark in one another that will illuminate the world. The Spark with your host, Stephanie James, starts now. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. I am so thankful to have you listeners here with me tonight. I am so excited to share with you my special guest tonight, Jen Duplice. And she is an amazing speaker. And what's that? Could I, could I stop? It right? Yeah. Yeah. Just look at the name. Well, get your glasses Jen, on. Jen Duplice. Duplessis. Okay. Du Dear God. Duplessis. Duplessis. Okay. Duplessis. This is easy. Yeah. Duplessis. Okay. <laughs> this is really easy. Sorry, okay. Jen. God. No, it's okay. But I figure I, be I better get that one right. Yeah. No, I want it right. I want yeah. it right. Do okay. pluses. Yeah. Do pluses. Got mm -hmm. it. Okay. Three, two, one. Welcome to the spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. So happy to have you with us here tonight. So thankful for each one of you listeners people that are really ready to ignite their best life. Thank you for joining us. My really special guest tonight is Jen Duplessis, and she is an amazing author and speaker. She is America's mortgage mastery mentor that helps mortgage loan officers and real estate agents who are overwhelmed, stressed out, and sabotaging their personal lives for the sake of their business to multiply results in record time and have the courage to say yes to their personal lives, which sometimes means saying no to clients. She is an absolute delight and also a spark. Welcome, Jen, to the show. So happy to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here and I can't wait to talk about all the things we're going to talk about uh, because uh, while I am America's mortgage mentor, I'm also America's leadership lifestyle mentor. And so I do all kinds of stuff. It's not just in the mortgage space. Oh, that's yeah. It's so exciting. And she has a television show. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know what you don't do, Jen. I think that you are one of the busiest women that I know. Tell us what, what are you working on right now? What's, oh my gosh. What's kind of got you going this summer? Yeah. What's, what's happening? Well, I'm right in the midst of, I started, uh, last week, a, uh, 12 week year. <laughs> so, so what I do once a quarter, uh, well, once a year, for a quarter is I do a 12 week year and I condense and grow my business a full year in 12 weeks. And so, um, so I'm kind of in the middle of that, which is, which is uh, very stressful. It is, there's no question about it. Um, it's stressful, but it's also, um, wonderful because at the end I'm like, whoo, 
I didn't wait for everything. Right. And so that, that part's really good. So I'm really involved in that, you know, personally on the, on the professional side. And then, um, you know, I have another book coming out, another collaborative book uh, coming out called Impact, um, Impact Volume 2. We already had Volume 1 last year. We have Volume 2 coming or two years ago. We have Volume 2 coming out this year, and it's a collaboration of authors who have acronyms in their world because that's how we learn with cognitive thinking. And, um, and then we're going back into the studio for the second season of Tell Me I Can't. So exciting. And and for listeners that don't know what Tell Me I Can't is about, talk a little bit about how that came to be. Yeah, well, you know, I was approached by um, a colleague, James Dentley. Actually, he's Sir James Dentley now. Uh, But James Dentley had contacted me and said, hey, I'm putting together a a new uh, network. It's called JD3 TV. It's just like Netflix, right? Any of those? And, um, I would like to have you have your, you know, have a show. And he wanted me actually to kind of regurgitate my, I have two podcasts. He wanted me to use those on the show. And I said, I don't really know if I want to do that. I think I want to do something in studio. And, um, we started talking about it. And at the time I was in the process of, uh, writing a book or thinking about a book and had engaged with a publisher and I knew I wanted to write this book, but we didn't really have all the, the sides to it. It, was, it wasn't even a skeleton. It was really bad. But uh, we ended up deciding that it wasn't going to be a self-help book in a nonfiction manner, but rather a fiction book. And so we wrote it for the purpose of delivering to Hallmark or Life, Lifetime as a movie. And we are in the middle of writing the screenplay for that. Um, but it's a story about this girl and all the characters are my family members, by the way. And, uh, so it's a story about a girl, you know, who goes to this Colorado mountain town, which is where I'm originally from. And, uh, you know, it's all the things that she's doing in her mind, you know, like maybe I'm not as good as I am. Maybe I have the imposter syndrome. Hey, wait a minute. Maybe I am good. Wait a minute. Maybe I'm not good back to wait a minute. I have this, you know? And uh, everyone in the town is telling her she can't. Now you can't do that. You can't do that here. It won't work here. And so often in life, that's what we hear uh, from everybody, right? We hear that. And so tell me I can't. Um, the book is all about that and how she overcomes it. The, the uh, show is we bring on guests who have been told by one person. It's not a collective. We've all been told we can't by ourselves looking in the mirror, but Um, One person told them they couldn't. And from there, they said, get out of my way or watch what I can do or "Uh -uh, don't tell me that. Or James Dentley says, God bless you. (laughs) Right. Um, So we explore those so that others can see that, you know, when people tell you you can't, you don't have to hide. You can step up into your power and and move forward and achieve what, you know, God intended. So beautiful. Jen, for for you, what what was your experience of that when someone told you that you couldn't? Yeah, it's a great question. So, uh, you know, I come from uh, a very large family. We have 36 first cousins and I was the only one who was an only child and out of all those, right. And so I was pretty lonely, you know, lonely little girl and daughter to my parents, but my father was a raging alcoholic. My mom was a verbal abuser and for them, uh, they were also the sort of black sheep of the family. And so I was always alone. And so I, it really took me many, and we can talk about this too, many years to really open up to people because, um, you know, I just didn't need anybody because I always used myself. I certainly couldn't go to them. 
but I had two uncles and one of them, uncle Darcy, in fact, his birthday is um, tomorrow. And I'm so excited we're doing this. His birthday's tomorrow. He'll be 89. And, uh, you know, he told me one day, you know, Jenny, and we all had these nicknames and mine was Jenny. He ain't got a penny. And um, we had all these nicknames. And one day he told me, you know, you're going to be just like your mom and dad, because this is how the world is. If they're poor, you're going to be poor. If he drinks, you're going to drink. If she's a verbal abuser, you're going to be a verbal abuser. And and that, you know, you're pretty much going to amount to nothing. He didn't tell me those words, but he just said, that's the way where life is. And um, I didn't quite understand it until one day when my father had a shotgun to my mom's head. And I realized, uh, yeah, I don't want this life. And, um, that was, and I'm shortening the story, but I, um, yeah, I just realized I'm not going to do that. And so I set out to prove to everybody that I could be more until one day I decided I was done proving and I wanted to start living and not live for everybody else and be a people pleaser, but, you know, work for, for myself. So, um, or work, you know, on myself. So I, I just kept saying, actually one of my publisher, my ghostwriter said, you know, you're all about just tell me I can't, you know, I don't believe in gaps. I just go from, what do you mean? I can't to doing it. And that's why I have so many businesses and so many things that I play with because it, I don't even think about it. It's just get out of my way, get out of my way. Let me go do it. Ooh, that sounds fun. Let me go do it. <laughs> so that's kind of the story. Yeah. Such, such a powerful story. Truly. I, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Because I think sometimes when someone is as successful as you are, there's this kind of um, maybe stereotype like, oh, she must have had it easy. <laughs> you know, she, she does all this so yeah. naturally. And wow, you just had to come, overcome so much adversity to be where you are. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I thought I was living in abundance for years, not in scarcity, you know, above the line and not below the line. And um, what I actually was doing was living in scarcity because I had such a shield on me and no one could penetrate, you know, I, I would, and, and to a certain extent, a very, very person, uh, I was going to say sheltered, I'm not sheltered anymore, but I'm a very private person. Um, it takes a lot for me to post stuff online because I, ah, who cares what I'm doing? Nobody cares what I'm doing. Um, and I'm, I thought, oh, I probably should pick up the phone and do this. I just, uh, you know, very private person because I didn't want anyone to know that, that there was this alcoholism going behind the scenes. I was just, and it wasn't glorification of anything. It was just, I'm not going to give it up. I'm not going to give it up. And, and then one day I became, you know, much more vulnerable. I was asked to speak at something and, and it was the first time I let it, everything go. And I was like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, it definitely is different when you can become vulnerable to open up and let people in. And I imagine what a healing process for you as well. Oh, yeah. And it continues to heal me, right? Every day that I talk on about, about it on podcasts, um, depending on how deep I go into this, there are times when I get very emotional on podcasts, when I'm on stage, and there are times when I can just kind of talk about it, which is what we're doing now. Um, because yeah, it's still healing. It's still a healing. Here I am about ready to be 59 and I'm still healing from this childhood trauma of, you know, seven to nine years old. Yeah. Well, and such an important note right there as well, because I think people feel like, okay, if I do therapy once or I do something to handle this, yeah. I should be done. And I know for myself, my own clients, they're always saying, well, when do I get, to, like, is there like a finish line to this? Like, when do I get to finish? And we will be growing and healing our entire lives. It's mm -hmm. not going to have the same impact it did, 
20, right. 30 years ago, we continue to heal. And yet, yeah, it, it still comes up. And I think it's so beautiful that there's times where it does touch you emotionally. Yeah. I mean, that just shows you're human. Yeah. Yeah. Or 50 years ago. Right? <laughs> yeah. We're 50 years ago. Which I, I cannot remind myself, believe. All this happened 50 years ago, you know, as we're talking and uh, yeah, I mean, here it is 50 years later and I'm still kind of dealing with, I still have some, some moments of victimness versus victor right? Mm-hmm. Um, where I'm the victim and, you know, why wasn't I included? How come you didn't tell me, you know, those types of things. I still have some of those. I still have moments of um, limiting beliefs about money. Um, you know, I just do. I just have, I'm really, really good at making money, but I'm not as good as keeping it because that worthiness, that, that self-worth or that, you know, feeling worthlessness uh, are all those words. <laughs> Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're it has an undertone that says, well, when you make it, you should, you should just spend it. And I don't spend it on frivolous things. I spend it on a, more coaching for myself, right. To get myself better, but, but I spend it in my business, but you know, I feel like sometimes, oh, I should just let that slip through my fingers as fast as I can. Cause I'm truly not worth, uh, I'm, I should, I'm not worthy of having it. So I've built mechanisms to protect my money <laughs> so that I don't do that to myself. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. And what, what are some of the mechanisms that you use when those triggers come up for you? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the first mechanism that I do, and I mean, this goes back to every, everyone hears this all the time is pay yourself first, right? Is as soon as I, uh, make income and, you know, it used to be when I had a job, a job, you know, every two weeks I would get income and I would pay myself first, right? We all do 401k. I don't do any of that anymore, but, um, you know, pay myself first. Woohoo. I pay myself in the 401k, but I really never had any cash because it was there, you know? And, um, so I still do that now. So every, I, I mean, I get paid by co- clients, coaching clients every day. So every day that I get paid, I'm transferring money, right? I'm transferring it to a savings account so that I don't touch it. And my husband and I have that account so that he can get notification if I pull stuff out. Um, so, and it's not him doing it, it's me doing it. Um, so that's one, you know, one, the other is I really have worked on that sense of having, um, I'm trying to think of the word right now, but, um, everybody is, um, instant gratification, right? Like, do I really need it? Do I really, really need that? Some ad comes on Facebook and I'm like, yeah, do I really need it? Let me come back to it. If I come back and I'm like, yeah, I don't need it, then I'm okay. And the thing is, I don't need anything. I'm, I'm financially set. I don't need anything. It's want. And why do I feel compelled to want to spend so that I don't feel that, you know, worthiness. Um, but then we also have, we keep our money in, in, um, a lot of life insurance and we can't touch it, which I love. Yes. I love. Yeah. Yes. So I, I really just look at need versus want instant gratification versus, Hey, you know, cause that it is an alcoholism. What people don't understand is that disease of alcoholism is, you know, having, it's the want for something It's smokers do it too, right? I got to have something in my mouth, um, for, for me, cause I've been to all, um, Al-Anon for me, my, both my brother and I have something different, but it's not alcohol. It's, it's pretty interesting that that can still tramp, you know, tramps through you, but I've been able to handle it. I, I manage it, but there are days, you know. Well, and we all spend, right? We're women. For sure. Well, for sure. I mean, who doesn't (laughs) know about 
retail therapy. Yeah, you know? no and, question. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's yeah. and it's interesting for different reasons. What what you sparked in me right then was remembering as a child the only times my mother owned a florist shop from when yeah. I was ten years old on, and people go, "Oh, how wonderful to run a florist shop!" But it was such hard work. I mean. She put in 10 to 12 hour days. She was working. If you think about it, every holiday is a flower holiday. So while other people are enjoying, you know, she's working till midnight Christmas Eve and, you know, all, all these things we went through as kids and my special time with her was shopping. Yeah. That was when she and I would go out and just get to spend hours together. And so at one point in my life, I remember that awareness of like, oh, when I don't feel good or need a sense of nurturing, I go spend money. Yeah. I go yeah. shopping and to yeah, really and get a handle on that. I, yeah. And why I'm sitting at, you know, in the parking lot, I, I do that once. Around. Okay. So why am I here? Cause I just like go right. And I'll mm-hmm. sit there and go, so why am I here? Why do I feel a need to come here today? You know, like trying to dig in deep and I'll go, Oh, no, that's silly. Let me just go home. Right. There's no need for me to be doing it. Um, it's funny that you said that because you were on my podcast and I did not know that my mom was a florist all her life too. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Now, and you grew up in Colorado? Yeah. Where did you grow up at? In Colorado Springs and then in Breckenridge. Yep. Both places. I was born in the Springs, went to, and then Breckenridge and then went to Colorado state where you live, Fort Collins. Yeah. Wow. We had so many parallels in our lives. That's why I went to undergrad. Right. It's so well, and this is one of the things I think is so important. Though we think that we're living such different lives, and yet if we just dig below the surface, we're so interconnected. Yeah, we have so many shared experiences, and you know, I love your vulnerability and that that you're willing to just put this out there. I think that helps people heal so much because we all have some version of this, right? Mm -hmm. Of that, I want this, and I and I want this immediate gratification, and. Pema Chodron, you know, who's, who's this wonderful American uh, Buddhist, Buddhist nun talks about that urge in us as the Shempa or the Shempo rising. And that's that urge. Like, I want to fix it. I don't want to yeah. feel what I'm feeling right now. And it's really unconscious. It's not, it's the subconscious urging. And so to actually pause as you did in the parking lot, and, and I just do be often. with it. Yeah, yeah. To just be with that feeling for a moment. Yeah. And that's what actually helps it dissipate because you get out of this kind of trance that, that all of us can get into. And yeah, that really shifts things. So, so tell us how you went from <laughs> this, yeah. this little girl who had, <sighs> had a talk from her uncle and really got something inside of her that said, I am going to make it. What was it, you know, I'm really curious what happened next in your life that really propelled you to this next place. I mean, you're so successful now. You share your message on so many different platforms. Tell us a little bit of that secret sauce. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, well, there's some systematic secret sauce to that. It's a, it's mostly a system because my degree's in engineering, right. <laughs> and, uh, from Colorado state. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, as I said before, my whole life was proving, I was just crawling uphill, you know, in sand all the time. Um, you know, because I was looking for someone to say, I'm proud of you. And certainly mom and dad were just too busy in their own lives, too busy with whatever they, in fact, my mom passed away, never saying it, 
but her best friend told me later, she was so proud of you. And it's just sad that she couldn't have said it, you know? So I make sure that I say it to my kids all the time. And, um, you know, so I, so I became the best at everything and everyone thought, oh, she's just aggressive, assertive, whatever word you want to use for women, a competitive, but really what was propelling me there um, was, you know, this need to prove to people. And, you know, we've talked about this before. My, my business is called kinetic spark consulting, right? Kinetic is don't stay in place. It's move spark is, you know, put a little spark in it to get it going. And, um, and I was voted the girl with the most kinetic energy in high school, which is funny because I don't know that I have all that energy. I think that it just reveals itself that way. Um, my mom's very energetic, was very energetic. My dad was very, um, Clint Eastwood ish. So I have that side to me. Um, but I think that when it comes to proving I might, you know, come in, come out, my energy level goes up and, um, so I was runner up Miss Colorado. I was pre-med for Colorado State. I was going to be a cardiologist. I played flute and piccolo in the Colorado Springs Symphony when I was in high school. And I was the only one. I had straight A's. I was a cheerleader. I was a state tennis champion. You name it, I did it and excelled at it. And I took that into business. And so when I got into the mortgage business, because I couldn't find a job as an architect back then, <laughs> that's okay. Um, and I didn't want to work for my dad. Uh, I ended up, uh, you know, going into the mortgage business. And then four decades later, I retired from that business four or five years ago. And, um, but I took that in there and I just excelled. I was like, no women were in sales. They were all operations. I excelled, excelled. I loved people and not paper. I just loved people. And then I took that business. And at that time, just to give some context here, um, I was closing $50 million worth of loans a year. So think about that. That could be 50 loans that are a million dollar loans, or it could be a hundred loans, you know. Um, that are 500,000. So that's the kind of the volume I was doing. And I was in the top 1% of loan officers. And back then we were at 750, 785,000 loan officers. So I was in the top 78,000, right? <laughs> but I would lay in bed at night and go, this isn't enough. This isn't enough. I can do better. I can prove I can be better. I can be better than this. But it wasn't about the money. At that time, I had finally said, I'm done proving and I want to start living it wasn't about the money. It was, okay, I'm, you know, making 50 or not making 50 million, but closing $50 million a year, you know, maybe making 500,000 or something. And, um, but I wanted my time and I was working God awful hours, you know, and that's, that's part of that proving was just never being around. And I just wanted to find a way and I would lay in bed at night and go, there has to be a way. Why is, how can they be making more than me? How can they have more time than me? And I was constantly looking at that and saying, there's gotta be a way. And I thought I'm going to crack the code. And I did. So I had a moment where I said, I'm done. And I started going on a journey for two years um, and created five principles to crack the code on being a top producer. And it doesn't matter what line of work you're in. I now coach this and teach this to others through masterminds. Um, and I, I did that. And, but here's what happened. The result, the outcome was I was working four days a week. Yay. That's what I wanted, but I did $102 million and never went lower than that from that point on. And, um, that was the moment that I said, oh, there's my secret sauce. It's not about proving it's about doing it 
the right way or doing it in a way that fulfills me and I can get so much more out of myself. So beautiful. I love that you came up with that formula and then you made it work in your life. Now, if you fast forward to where you're at right now, I do still have that balance in your life. Yeah, actually, I don't believe in balance. <laughs> oh, I so, remember you saying this. What, what is it instead? Yeah, what is yeah, it? Instead? I don't believe in balance. I remember you, that. You know, I think that's 50 50. You're just kind of a little here and a little there. So I just kind of throw the whole balancing away. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just work very intentional, very laser focused. I, I work with purpose so I can play with, per, you know, with purpose and or work with purpose. So I can play, you know, anytime that I want to play. And that's what I look at. And so now what I do is I I'm laser focused on I've got four businesses. I work four days a week. Each day is a different business. Um, that's how I do it. And so I call it priority management. Um, inside of priority management is time management to manage those priorities. But I think that's where people go wrong is they're trying to manage time and we can't do that. And we all heard the stories. We all know that everybody has the same 24 hours. It's how you use it. So I prioritize, use time management to do the priority, get in, get out, do what I need to do in my business. I'm very clear. That's one of the five strategies is my clarity. I'm very clear on what I want to accomplish and what I want to get done every single day. And then I do it. And then I dance and I do it. And then I go play with my grandkids and I do it. And I go up to the vineyard that we have an ownership in, um, or I do it and I go on a walk or I play with my Maltese, you know, I, or I never take a nap because <laughs> I'm not a napper, but I, that's what I do. I just get in, get it done and leave instead of meandering around all day long and trying to figure out what I should do. And, you know, chasing shiny objects, which are, you know, think about this shiny object syndrome is an S O S. Wow. For getting help. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never heard that before. That is so true. I feel like our right now, our, our world really has SOS, you yeah. know, the shiny object syndrome. Yeah. We're all trying to figure out what's going to work. What's not. I'm going to try. Oh, that'll be the magic pill. That'll be the magic bullet. That'll be the thing, but it's really a cry for help in trying to get clarity. And that's why clarity is the number one thing for me. Beautiful. Well, we need to take a quick break. So many gems already of wisdom. Jen, thank you so much for being here. Come on back after the break and we will have more from Jen Duplitis. Welcome back to The Spark. I'm Stephanie James. Really excited to share with you that my new film, When Sparks Ignite, is out now on Plex Network on the More You channel. So you can watch it at eight o'clock Pacific time or nine o'clock Mountain Standard time every Friday through the end of July and through August. It's also offered at other times, but those are our premiere times. So go to More You channel, check out When Sparks Ignite. It's about those truly difficult and challenging times that we face that then can become the match point that ignites something within us that becomes our gift to the world. So excited to share it with you. So we are back with Jen Duplicis and just thrilled to be having this conversation with you. You've had so much life experience and so much business experience. And I know that you work with a lot of leaders. Talk a little bit about 
what that is like for you and kind of what, what are you doing with leaders now? Yeah, I think, you know, the thing with leaders is that, uh, you know, and by the way, use, I, I used to actually call them managers, right? But we, we now know, I, I mean, management is so old. It's sort of like customer service is very old. It's all about customer experience now or CX, you know, as they call it. But, um, you know, the thing with leadership is that uh, what I love doing is taking five and I really love taking six figure earners up to seven figures. And I've done it numerous times. I've done it for myself numerous times, but whether you're a five figure earner and you want to go to six figures or you're a six figure and you want to go to seven figures, the thing that holds people back is delegation and leadership. And we don't really look at KPIs, which are key performance indicators or lead indicators. We only, when we're stressed out and we're in total chaos, do we say, oh, I need somebody. And then we hire the wrong people. And then we're not prepared to be managers. Maybe we were a good plumber and now we own a plumbing company. And I'm so fortunate because in my, you know, four decade career in lending, um, I was trained by great managers. I was a great manager. I trained other people to be managers and um, I just think leadership is where it is to, to be able to scale. There's no way I could have these four businesses. There's no way that anyone who has multiple businesses, and we know lots and lots of very famous people who have multiple businesses, that they could do it without learning how to scale. And so that's what I love teaching people is preparing them for scalability, even before they're ready, because Otherwise, chaos will ensue and they will never scale. And that's what always holds everyone back. It's one of the reasons why I call things cracking the code, cracking, you know, breaking through ceilings, um, because it's just hard. We tap on it a lot. We take our little tools and we're tapping and we can see it, but we just can't get through it. And, and it's not that we need to be surrounded by people, you know, SOS, shiny object syndromes to get there or, um, shiny, the, the shiny objects, but rather that we need uh, people under us to propel us up there. And, uh, and that's really what I focus on is, is learning those systems and, you know, designing it so that uh, you can enjoy life. And that's why I call it leadership lifestyle. So you could have the lifestyle that you intended when you became an entrepreneur. Yes. Yes. And, and so when you work with people, do you, you do groups, you do individual mentorship? What does that look like? Yeah. Well, as I said before, you know, what I really do is I help people who are in the six figures go to seven figures, but for those that aren't, that's okay too. We have a, we have a program for them. It's an automated program, but it has some coaching in it, some group coaching. Uh, but really where I love doing this is through masterminds is um, we do group coaching. We do private coaching. We do intensives. We do retreats. We do the actual masterminds. I'm a certified mastermind leader. Um, so I love utilizing it there so that we can do a more holistic approach <clears throat> um, to it. But people that are making five figures right now, they think, oh, that's so far out, but it isn't. It's creating the systems today. And so there's a couple strategies I can share with you that I that I use with everyone. They're very high level, but putting them into, into play is what we do when we, um, through the coaching and, and through the mentorship. Yeah, I I can't wait to hear those strategies. Okay. 
Okay, so I'm going to just isolate. I'll give you all these numbers here real quick. Okay. So I call it smart scaling, first of all, smart scaling. Um, So there's three phases. The first phase, and these are all M's, okay? The first phase is me. Uh, in your first phase, it's all about you, me, 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 all, all business comes through you. You're the everything I call that finder, minder and grinder. You're the finder, you're the minder, you're the grinder, right? It's all me, 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 me. And, and not in a, in that uh, tone of, you know, a chip on your shoulder, but just everything is through you. And then the second phase is methodology. It's, it's method. So you're managing yourself in the first phase and the second phase you're managing the methodology. Now, here's where the problem comes is that most people don't get to the methodology because their process for fulfillment, for networking and follow-up and all of that stuff is in their head and not on paper or digital or whatever. And this is why the person who's just starting out in their business needs to start putting that together. So for be ready for when the when happens. Right. Be ready for that. And you hire that one person. And now what you're doing is managing the person, but managing the method, the method. And so sometimes you get pulled back in a little bit. Right. You try to leave, but then, oh, they need some help. And, you know, but you're managing a method. The third phase is managing the message. And there's three components to manage managing the message. And that allows you to get further out of your business And, um, instead of, and then hiring more people, and instead of you managing the method and being a helicopter entrepreneur, you're everyone's uh, managing that message. Every team member is just as good as you. So think of it as a, you're singing a song, you're a, a pop star and all of the band players are just as good. You don't have to go back and stop the concert and say, hold on. He doesn't know this part. Let me get back over there. Right. Um, so the music, beautiful music happens. Um, and inside of that, there are three V's. What is the vision for your company or your team? If you run a team, do, do, do your team members know that? What are the values for your company? What are the non-negotiables? Like this has to happen. We return phone calls every 30 seconds, whatever it may be, right? Or 30 minutes. And the third part of it is your voice. And this is where so many people miss up on this. You'll know you're successful when someone says, oh, it's okay that you didn't call me back. I talked to Susie and it was just like talking to you. And this is why and how Starbucks and Nordstrom and Walmart and whatever other companies you want to talk to, any Southwest, they all learn this tactic of, what is the vision for the company? What are the values that we uphold? And what is the voice so that we all speak from the same thing? When you go to McDonald's, they say, what can we get for you? You know, can we take your order? Can we take your order? When you go to Starbucks, they say, what can we get started for you? When you go to Chick-fil-A and you say, thank you, they say, my pleasure. That is by design, Mm -hmm. by design. And it's the only way that allows you to scale. And so I call this working in your business under me, working on your business in methods, working above your business when you can get to the three V's, and then there's working beyond your business when you can go to another business and have someone else uh, represent you for your business. This is so brilliant. We'll have to talk after the show because I definitely want to hire you. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, Jen, this, this is just such an amazing formula Thanks. for people. And, Thanks. and I, I 
know and can only imagine the success you've had with people. Is there a, a certain success story that stands out for you that just really touched your heart or excited oh, you? Yeah. I mean, I have lots of them, it, you know, I mean, from the, I'll, I'll do both because I, you know, I believe that mechanics plus a mindset plus mechanics equals momentum, right? You have to have mindset and mechanics, so lifestyle, and then, and then the mechanics and the systems as well. So there's actually two little stories. So I had this one client, um, Katie, and she came to me and I, and she was in the mortgage business. So I'm going to talk mortgage stuff, but she was closing um, seven to nine loans a month. Okay. Which is about 25 million, just to give you an idea that $25 million worth of loans. Um, and every phone call we had, she was crying because she was, ah! you know, she was trying to do everything. And it, she was beyond the capacity of, she needed a person. And she just couldn't hire because she was too busy. And by the time I trained them, you've heard it all, right? By the time I trained them, I could just do it myself. And I don't know who to hire. And let me just get a breather and I'll carve out a job. That's all all the wrong things. And so anyway, fast forward two and a half years. um, She just, well, she texted me uh, this past year. So 2021, December 31st, she waited till the end of the year and said, I just closed a hundred million. Wow. And she's cool breeze. She had a baby in between all this during COVID um, when business was crazy and lending and, you know, and she's just such a cool breeze now. And she's learned how to delegate. We've, you know, worked with her on her um, leadership skills, you know, using a management cycle, situational leadership. We do some disc profiling. We do some of the smart. I mean, there's so many things that we do. And, um, you know, she's just cool breeze and now she's making over a million dollars a year. And so now she's able to take that and work above and beyond her business where she's now a real estate investor, which I helped her with, because as you know, I'm a real estate investor. So I helped her with, okay, how do we do that too? So that's her story. So that's very monetary. There's a lifestyle in there too. Then I had another client, Marie, she'd not been on vacation for nine years because she didn't trust her team and she had too many team members. And they all didn't know what to do. So she was managing method, right? She had all these people, but they all kept going to mommy, mommy, mommy. And um, finally, after nine years, she went on a four and a half week vacation in Barcelona and walked through the mountains. And I mean, just all that stuff. And it's just beautiful to see. And I have another client, another lender. He um, He's doing like 112 million, but he was doing it all by himself. And I'm going, oh my gosh, he hadn't been on vacation forever, um, his partner, they didn't even know each other. I mean, it was just, and now all he wanted was lifestyle. So we worked on his systems and lifestyle and getting people to really for him, it was them getting his voice. Does he talk formal? Does he talk fast <laughs> like me? Does he have, is he casual in his approach? Does he text? Does he, what does he use emojis? We have to know all those little pieces of that voice in order for, you know, people to understand how the system, you know, works. And um, I mean, I could just go on and on and on and on about different situations. But yeah, we, we really, I, I, it's just really getting people to understand what fulfills you so that you're driven to be fulfilled. (laughs) And then go just be fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. So important. And, and what, Oh my gosh, what an exciting thing to watch the transformation in your clients. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I cry. I mean, I do. I'll be honest. I get very emotional. When she told me that I cry, I called her and I was like, Oh my God, it's fun. And she's like, thank you so much for everything and everything. And, and it wasn't, it, we didn't end our coaching. She's like, what's next? And I go, let's find out. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. 
because it's yeah. a continued journey. Like we had said earlier, yeah. you know, that this oh, is yeah. you don't just arrive. It's like, yeah, what is next? There's something more to be created. There's something more to put our energy and our passion into. Yeah. And yeah, how awesome to help people find out what that is for them. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I do think in life we do that. I mean, I think that we, we learn we earn and then we want to return, right? We want to get back to people right after we've learned how to do something, we want to get back to people. And, um, you know, I see that happening with them. You know, she's bringing on more people on her team and, you know, he's bringing more people on team and really impacting their lives and helping elevate them. And I think when you, when you crack through a ceiling, it now becomes a floor. And then you'll have another ceiling and another ceiling and they're different ceilings. Some are monetary, some are relationships, some are um, health and wealth. Some are, you know, different types of businesses you want to explore. Some are giving back in philanthropy. There are, there are multitudes of ceilings that we all want to be crossing all the time. Well, I think that's what one of the beautiful things is about what you do, Jen, is that you really help people in, in truly like this holistic whole person manner. It's not just business. You know, we can't just focus on that slice of the whole person pie. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's why when I do some coaching, you know, when I do some coaching, I feel like I'm a mentor because a coach, you know, knows the game, but hasn't played a mentor has climbed the mountain and knows all the way up and knows all the little hiccups that you're going to have. And (laughs) don't go this way and go that way. Right. A coach, a coach uh, just sometimes can get you there. Right. And someone like me, for example, um, you know, where I've been to those places, it, it, I'm not going to stop halfway up and say, oh, sorry, I haven't explored that part. So I can only help you part of the way I've been there and I've come back down. I've slid down. I've been in mudslides, right? I've gone around it and I've done it with several different companies so that I can really help people see the blind spots that they have, you know, in their business. And, and this is why I do the masterminds in addition to the, the group coaching, we'll call it the group, the group mentorship um, is to get the semantics down, right? The mechanics. But then when we go into the masterminds, this is where the whole holistic piece of this comes together, you know, where we work on the breakthroughs. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and so how can people get a hold of you, Jen? How can they get a hold of you if they want to work with you or find out more about you? Thank you very much. Yeah. The easiest way is just to text Jen, J E N to two, six, seven, eight, six. That's it. That's the best way to start getting connected with me to um, text Jen to two, six, seven, eight, six. Awesome. So wonderful. Well, and I can't believe that our time has gone by so quickly. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know I'm a talker, but there's so much more I want to talk to you about. And So we'll have to have you back on the show sometime. Just really love visiting with you and, and appreciate so much your energy, the passion that you have doing what you do, and just the amazing gifts that you're really sharing with the world. Just such deep respect for you. Well, thank and, you so much. Same here. Same here um, for what you're doing. I love what you're doing too. Your show's great, by the way. I've, I've watched it because you sent it to me in advance. Oh, thank you. I did. I did. <laughs> yeah. I sent you the film. I remember yeah. now. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, really excited. And and to share with our listening audience, we just filmed a six-part network series for Plex called Becoming Fierce after my book just got released two weeks ago. So the Becoming Fierce book and the Becoming Fierce season is coming up on Plex in November. 
So lots of exciting offerings ahead. Jen, if you had to leave the audience with your essential message just for today, yeah, what would that be? Yeah, well, it's the same message I do almost every podcast because this is how I look at everything in life, right? So this is a quote my mom used to say. There's actually an author who did quote this. I can never remember her name. I later found that out. Um, but here's, here it is. We flatter those we scarcely know. We please the fleeting guests, but we deal many a thoughtless blow to those we love the best. Be as good to yourself as you are to your business. Wow. Wow. Beautiful and very important words. Wow. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank Loved you. having you here. What a joy to share Thank this. You. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. I had a blast.